Okay, welcome everybody to a special edition of Drunk Agile. Against our better judgment, we have a guest with us who we will introduce in just a second. But first, we have to start off with the star of the show, Nisha, who- In her usual state. In keeping with, with past episodes, that's, that's how she is. Uh, Yogi Bear of Agile, can you introduce yourself? Pratik Singh. And with us is the one, the only, Greg Boswell. Um, if you don't know who Greg Boswell is, you will by the end of this episode, and you will be sorry that you did. So, um, and one one slight correction: I'm not the only. There's another Greg Boswell, and I occasionally get his email. I don't believe that. I just I, I don't I don't I don't believe that for a second. So, Greg, because you are a guest, and because before we introduce you, can you tell us what, what are you drinking tonight? What What do you got? Uh, I'm having a an Akintoshan 19 year Akintoshan. Ready, good, Pratik. Patrick's uh, pretty have, excited about his stuff. I did because it just came in. My Glendronach batch, batch eight cast strength. It's sixty-one percent, which is now four percent more than batch seven. <laughs> As if yeah. that makes a difference at this so, point. Yeah. Frequent watchers <laughs> of the show. Before it was batch seven. Now he's on batch eight. So. Yeah, and it goes to eleven. By the way. Um. All right. I'm with the Glendronach. It's a special occasion. So my last. Um, yeah, most of you have seen this before. My last, uh, you know, hand hand bottled, hand filled, uh, Glendronic. Getting as you can see, COVID has done its damage to this this bottle. So um, I, I need to replenish that uh, that stock soon. Oh, so cheers, everybody! Cheers. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Oh my god. Anyway. Greg, so <laughs> how, to, how, to, how to introduce Greg. For those of you who've never heard the name Greg Boswell, number one, shame on you. But number two, more importantly, if you know anything about Kanban, you hopefully know the history of Kanban and how it started. And it started at a, a little company called Corvus uh, you know, in Seattle. Um, and by the way, I brought, I, I did bring um, visual aids. It started at a little, a little company in, in Cor in, uh, called Corvus. And I'm going to share my screen here. For those of you who maybe haven't seen this, uh, this particular picture, share. OK, can, can you guys see, see my screen right now? Yep. OK, so for those of you who haven't seen this, this particular picture, this is, this is uh, you know, one of our, our daily standups at Corvus. And I know when you look at this picture, it's really, really, really hard to look off that ex, you know the extremely looking good look, the really good looking guy right here, right? I mean, I know that's that's what everybody's eye is drawn to, um, and that's you know, you can't be faulted for just seeing that. But if you look closely, if you look very very closely, hiding in the background there, with with actually less hair than he has now. Greg Greg's one of these weird people who actually gets more hair as he gets older. Um, that's when I was shaving my head to look like you. Yeah, <laughs> everybody, hey, everybody does it. <laughs> That's uh, that's that's Greg, and so Greg, you were—I mean, I maybe explained a little bit, but you were the you were the overall program manager of the of the of, of what we're trying to do, right? I mean, Greg was essentially well, the guy who told me what to do. So, yeah, talk. Yeah, I, I was the guy who had to go explain to the CIO uh, what craziness you were inventing, or we were inventing. <laughs> Yeah, because the CIO wouldn't talk to a, a certain other gentleman that we won't we won't mention um, at all in this uh, you know on this video. So, but yeah, what was it? I mean, so what was your official title, Greg? If you if you had one, and I I think it was just um, project manager or program manager. Hmm. It 
it was a typical consulting. You, you go in with the base title and then you get all kinds of crazy responsibilities, but no title change. Yeah. So, I mean, if you can, I'll, I'll stop sharing now because we, we've seen enough of Greg's picture there. Um, so tell, tell us a little bit about the, those, your, your experience with Kanban way back when, participating on developing and refining the method and, and all of that. Yeah, it was, it, it was really interesting. Um, I didn't realize we were doing something revolutionary. Um, <laughs> I don't think any of us did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, it, it was interesting because we had such a strong focus on um, velocity and throughput and just trying to, to smooth the process that um, it, it just, I, I didn't really recognize kind of the bigger picture of what we were accomplishing. Uh, and it seemed that every single day for six months, we had to re-explain the rules of how post-it notes moved across the whiteboard. So, <laughs> you kind of get wrapped up in that, uh, why is this so difficult for everyone to grasp uh, and not really pay attention to the big picture? But um, yeah, so I, I forgot what your question was. <laughs> I forgot what it was too. I don't know. <laughs> Let me ask um, a follow-up. Okay. Let me ask a follow -up. I was going to say, Pratik, please, please help. Since you guys don't forgot. So you, you mentioned you were the guy who had to go explain to the CIO what these crazy people were up to. And you also had to explain to people what cards moving across a whiteboard mean. Yeah. Um, so, and a lot of folks are actually caught in that same position. They, they, have to, they have to explain up and explain to the people on the team. So what, what was the big difference between the two things? And particularly, I would like you to concentrate on the CIO part, how, how you were talking to the CIO about what these guys were doing. Yeah, well, so I think, um, you know, explaining to the team was really about just how we wanted the process to work and how it worked. And we were developing it as we were going. And so I, I think Dan and I refactored that one whole wall was just a whiteboard. I mean, it was a massive wall. And about once a week, every other week, um, we ripped down what felt like hundreds of post-it notes, erased it, and then drew up the whole new board and refactored the whole thing based on learning more about how we wanted to tie um, tasks and features and user stories and all the different requirements together. Um, and so a lot of it was just continual um, refactoring and helping people keep up with the change that we were driving. So. It, it probably wasn't as much that it was hard to grasp as it was we kept improving as we went from a but from a CIO perspective at the end of the day it was really are we performing and delivering faster and what metrics are we using to show that we're delivering um, at the pace we need to and, and succeeding to, to get to the final point so uh, a lot of that was just helping um, step through you know, here's what our process is, but ultimately here's what the numbers are telling you when you look at the reporting that's coming out of it. There, there are a couple of points there I think that I, I want to emphasize if I can jump in, Greg, and amplify and, you know, you again, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but two big things that, that Greg said there was we were literally inventing this as we went along. There was none of this kind of start with where you are now thing. We, we literally, and hopefully everybody can see my screen now too. Um, we literally hijacked a whiteboard got together as a group and said, all right, how do we want to work? How do we want this thing to work? And we'd put it up there. And as Greg said, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd try it out and some stuff wouldn't work. And so we'd change it, right? And 
some stuff wouldn't work there. So we, we changed it again. And, and these weren't small changes, right? They were, they were kind of big, drastic, uh, you know, in, improvements, you know, in, in order to get where we needed to be. So this whole idea of start with where you are now and, prefer, and pursue these just kind of small incremental changes, that, that was nowhere near the first kind of combine implementation. Um, you know, any, any, anybody who's involved with that would, would know that. Well, and, and I think an important point, we were blending, it was a little bit of a hybrid. I, I think we were moving or they were moving from more of a traditional waterfall delivery methodology into Agile. So a lot of what we were doing was balancing this idea of requirements and having to have a requirement fully baked before you could do anything to getting a requirement to find enough that the team could dig in and break it down into task level detail and keep things moving. So it, we had to continually invent and try to figure out how do we show progression of work while requirements were actually still being finalized in the period. Yeah, because yeah, this all, all, these green tickets here, if they hopefully they show up as green tickets on everybody's screen, these were you know these were essentially huge requirements documents. I remember one, one of these we cracked open; it was like 250 pages or something. I mean, and they were used, you know, the you know the the analysts. You know, and it was not their fault. That's just how they'd always done it. They were used to producing these big specs, right? These big, huge upfront specs. Uh, and as as Greg was saying, you know, we, we wanted to get to a way where we, we could actually make some progress without having all 250 pages fully, fully formed because we knew the second that we started working on it, uh, you know, things, things were going to change. Um, but... Yeah, um... I'll just pick up one thing. I've seen this picture so many times. I've shown it in classes so many times. I think this is the first time I've noticed the eraser at the bottom of it. <laughs> and as, as you has mentioned that you were literally tearing this thing down and building it up every couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, that was, that, that was pretty much Greg and I, we would stay late. I remember, remember Greg, we would, take a, we would pick yeah. a night, you know, you know, and we would like, okay, let's just stay late. And let's, let's, let's you know, redo the board based on the feedback that we got from the team, based on some things that have been happening in standups. You know, we'd be like, okay, well, let's let's rework it because because I think this is actually the I want to say this is the third iteration. Um, this is definitely not the first the first view of the board that we came up with. This yeah. is this is maybe the second, but I think it's probably the third and maybe even the fourth. Uh, you know, view of the board that we came up with for this. Um, yeah, and it certainly wasn't the last. <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah, so I guess what else? What else about the did the did the CIO know what we were doing? You know, because I actually know what I've never really talked to you about this. Really, did the CIO <laughs> even know what we were doing or care? Or, or yeah, you. So, you know, it was interesting that the picture you showed earlier. There were a lot of people in the room. I, I think one important thing to note: the way our standups were, there were a lot of people in the room in that picture, but there were a lot of people that were missing based on where the camera was in that room. Mm -hmm. I think our what did we have in those daily standups? Like between thirty and fifty people. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say we. I think we topped out um, between fifty and sixty at our most, at our highest. Yeah. We were somewhere between fifty and sixty. Yeah. So you know, part of that conversation with the CIO was um, helping the leaders understand how to read the board. So it it actually by the end of the year got pretty simple because they knew how to walk up, look at the board, and see exactly what was happening in the project. And so I still put together reporting and and. Um, status pieces but they were at a different level um there were times where the leaders would come by while we were all standing out in the hallway gathered around that kanban board they would just stand there and listen and look at the board and they were able to track what we were doing and where we were delivering which was huge 
You know, I completely, you know, I've, again, I'm with Pratik. I've shown this, this picture so many times. I'd completely forgotten that aspect. We, I almost never got interrupted when we were running this project. Yeah. Almost never got interrupted for status. You know, yeah. and what's going on What's you know, they, they knew to go to the board and they could see what was happening. Yeah, the, the types of status I was reporting were really more around um, major issues, blockages. Um, yeah, so if we had escalation, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was basically escalation conversations versus general status reporting. So I got really spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> actually, the place he didn't get spoiled is Greg, Greg and I actually shared an office. Um, and maybe when we have a few whiskeys oh. in this, we can talk about some of those. I'm sorry, Greg. <laughs> Yeah, we've all been there. It's awful. (laughs) (laughs) It is surprising the furniture actually survived uh, that year that we shared an office. Um, Maybe maybe later we can we can swap some Dan sharing office horror stories. Yes, okay, that wouldn't that be fun for everyone if 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 we did that. I know, particularly, I know if you want to talk about, because you, you did you did something similar to this, you know, with, with, with your team. And then remember, we tried it at Ultimate with, at that higher portfolio level. Yeah, we did, we did something very similar, at least at least at, at the team level with, with, with the team I was running. We, we would essentially go, okay, that's not working. Let's change this. Uh, now we're seeing a problem here. Let's change this. We did that quite a few times. And essentially, I, I don't remember reporting status to, to, to my director and VP, in any case, our, our VP would show up every month to kind of sit in a review and kind of see what we delivered, but they almost never asked for status. I don't know if my product counterparts were asked for that or not, but at the same time, um, I think, Dan, how, how was it three years ago, four years ago, we tried, we put up a big portfolio board for um, this, what was it at that point, about 3000 people org, Ish, yeah, um, certainly. Yeah, what what like was that. it? 30, 30 teams or whatever. Thirty whatever teams, yeah. yeah. And and we put up a big board, which well, actually, it was three panels of the board repeated uh, that showed the progress of every feature that was that was active in the development org. Uh, I might have a picture of that too, if you if you can keep talking and keep people busy while I while I try to find that. Um, well, it was blue and it had cards on it. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> but, but what was cool about it was just just as Greg as, as you were mentioning, our VP and the directors would literally gather around that big board and have like a stand up to kind of go, hey, what what looks overloaded? Do we need to move people around? Do we need to shut some features down? What do we need to do in order to, in order to keep things flowing? Which 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 area looks overloaded? Or or walk right in and look at the, the blocker notes. Yeah, all the blocker notes. They know, you know or, they need to dig in. Yeah, we had we we had I think we had two or three kinds of blocker stickies that kind of stuck stood out to go. This is what's causing the blocker as well. So they could easily yeah. So here yeah, here's 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 the uh, the picture that Pratik was yeah. talking about, and you. Interesting how they're they're fairly similar, right? I mean, there's there's not. I mean, if you were to dig in, there's not not too much um, too much different here, too much new here. Uh, yeah, you can see those blocker notes. I mean, they're, they're one says oversize, which means this something has gotten way too big to figure out, and that's one of our one of our managers actually updating the board as he stands there. So. Yep. Um, I mean, so what, so what else? What are some what are some other Greg from the early days of Kanban curiosities of Kanban that you can remember? 
You know, I, so my most vivid memory is you and I working to come to agreement on flow and um, Slack time. Uh, I, so you were adamant that if something was blocked, it was better to let a developer sit and wait for it to be unblocked versus passing more work along. And coming from a long history of traditional project management and um, time optimization, I was adamant that that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> And it turns out it wasn't. You kept talking about other topics and proved that there is dumber stuff I could hear. But, <laughs> but you did prove to be right in that. Um, I, I think when we finally came to an agreement about um, just letting some something sit and somebody wait for the block to be removed, um, we actually did see much better throughput um, overall in the program. And, and a lot less task switching in turn. Yeah, and uh, that was, I, mean, I remember, because that, that was, that was, those are harder conversations, not necessarily with you, but with the, the, you know, the people who were, who were blocked, because their instinct too, was to go pick up, some, I, I, I can switch again, but I don't know if, if anybody, I'll, I'll show it. I hate, I hate to call him out because, you know, he's, he's just such a good guy, but I'm, so I'm not really calling him out, um, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to share the, uh, actually, no, I don't want to show. Oops, not that one. I want to. I want the actual full-sized uh, pre presentation view. Somebody else should be showing these pictures and not me. Um, but I promise, I have a good point. I promise. So if we go here, okay. Classic example of what Greg was talking about. It's it's hard to see, but these these little orange tickets have everybody's name on it. And so one of the things that Greg was talking about, the way one of the ways that we limited or tried to limit work in progress was everybody only had two of these little orange tickets and you were only ever allowed to have your name on, on two tickets. And Greg, if I remember, you were the, you were the keeper of the orange sticky pad. Weren't, weren't you or, or somebody was, somebody, somebody. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't remember that being me, but because I, I would have been selling them. <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. That couldn't have been you. That, that was uh, yeah. That's 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 a fox guard in the hen house. Yeah. Okay. It definitely it definitely wasn't you. Um, but um, anyway, Sandy here, like, and 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 you know, Sandy was a really good friend of mine. Really, really, really great guy. Just really, really great guy. But he was one of these. He went and he found orange stickies because he didn't like the idea that he could only work on one or two things at a time. So he went and he found orange stickies, and in a later picture of the board. You know, you'll see Sandy's name on like seven things, you know, because I, I, re I remember walking out and seeing that and going, what the what? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't just, a, it wasn't just, um, you know, trying, trying to get, you know, Greg on board with this stuff it was actually, actually getting the, the team itself. They, they didn't understand. What do you mean? I should only be working on, on one thing at a time, you know, and when they got blocked, you know, like here, you know, the, all these, these pink tickets, you know, when they got blocked, it wasn't, one of the things we had to get them to understand is, yeah, don't just necessarily go pick something up, um, but is there something else that you can be working on? <clears throat> because it is better. I mean, it's better for you to sit there and do nothing than to actually pick up something new and, and, and try to work on that. But I think, yeah, I, think I came out and then. I think we've said this on this podcast multiple times. It's, a lot of this stuff is unintuitive to the point of being counterintuitive. And that's why, Greg, you, you rightly assumed that Dan was just being stupid. Fair assumption. But 
in that case, yeah, it's it's just because it's counterintuitive to to most of us. Will will we'll, our immediate reaction is where can I find orange stickies? Yeah, that's that's exactly what Sandy did. I I it wouldn't surprise me if you went down to like a, the local Office Depot or something because we were right there downtown Seattle. That if you went to Office Depot and and, and bought some of those orange orange stickies, to be able to start putting his name up. Um, I forget. Maybe it was Dar- it must have been Darren then who was the the keeper of the. Oh, I bet it was. Yeah. Might have been him. We got which we got to have. Shout out to Darren Davis. We got to have, have him on. Um, he's on the, he's in that picture too, but yeah, cheers to Darren. Um, but we can't, I don't know. We, I don't think we can show Greg and Darren in the same, you know, I think uh, the universe would explode if, if, if we did that. Matter and antimatter. Yeah. So what else? I mean, what was, what else was, I mean, people want the, the, the nuggets about the early days of Kanban. What, what other shocking revelations can you give us, Greg? Yeah, so I, I think another thing that was really interesting, I found really interesting through the, the course of the thing, you know, we always say, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And so early on, we were totally focused on uh, velocity and, and burn down. And so in order to make the numbers look better, the, the features and tasks were getting defined smaller and smaller. So every single month when the, when the, reporting was produced we were just skyrocketing in our throughput and yet at the end of the month there was nothing more to show than there was prior and so that took a little while to work through as well and actually start figuring out how how do we break the work down into um, appropriate sized nuggets (laughs) (laughs) Pratik I know you have a a lot to uh, have a lot to say about that and then I want to come back and make a point what you, what, yeah, it's it's easy to break stuff down into the right size nuggets, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, it's it's it takes no practice at all, and it's just <laughs> natural for us to do it. Yeah, as, as, yeah. especially the, the as nice, developers, yeah, it's natural. We'll just do it. Yeah. The nice thing is when your velocity hits the peak because your tasks are defined at ten minutes. Um, when you're blocked, it's not really a big impact. <laughs> <laughs> it's a couple, couple things couple things Greg's talking about there. I'm not, I'm not going to name the consulting group that was in Corbis at the time, um, but they were very, very, very strong. And, and Greg, you, you, I didn't work for them and Greg, I know you didn't either, um, but they were very, very hardcore scrum people. I mean, I remember they were, they were pushing, they were pushing scrum hard, not, not to say that scrum is bad, um, but they were, they were very much against some of the things that, that we were trying to do. And so that's why, you know, Greg was talking about the whole velocity and burn down and how by the end of the project, remember we trashed all that. I mean, there was, yeah. we, we, we weren't even looking at, at velocity. It's, it's, it's where I began, I began my, my kind of hate, hate relationship with, uh, with story points and, and burn downs and things like that. Cause they just weren't, they just weren't serving us. And as Greg said, where we got more bang for the buck was trying to figure out what was that right size a 250 page spec. Okay. That's too big, but a 10 minute task. Okay. That's too small. What, what is that right size for the item to be moving through? Well, the other thing we did that, um, I, I think I'm pretty sure was your brainchild, but I, I thought was really interesting was at the top of that Kanban board, we had, we had a track for requirements, but we also had a track for tasks and we had, a, we had come up with some way. I don't remember how, but we tied the post-its back. So you could look at a task post-it and see what requirement. And in order for the requirements to move forward, every task had to hit code complete or test ready or whatever the next phase was. So by the time by the time we wrapped that project up, it was really easy to see how we were progressing because it was at the 
requirement level, which was functionally usable. So that was a later iteration of the board. And I, I don't know, I don't know if you still have pictures from, from that time, but I've been, I've been trying to find pictures of that last, that was kind of the last iteration, what you're talking about. And I, I don't have any record of that board. Um, but I know ex exactly what you're talking about, how you can see everything bubble up to that, that higher level. I'll, I'll go back through. I don't, I don't know if I do, but I'll look. Okay, that's too bad. Lost to history. Um, I don't know, Pratik, do you wanna, do you wanna chime in on, you know, your, your, cause you did, you went from kind of more hardcore scrum over into to Kanban. Can yeah, you talk about was, what uh, that, what that, what that was like? It, 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 it was one of those things where actually I had started doing Kanban, then went back to scrum because we also had a consulting group in that wanted us to do Scrum and then went back to Kanban. Um, it, was, it was interesting because we were known as the team that had the most consistent velocity. Really what we had were the smartest people who knew how to manipulate the velocity. Um, but we, we had very consistent velocity. And then one day we throw our data into a scatter plot and we're doing two week sprints, but our 85th percentile cycle time was at um, like 30 days, I think. Shall I bring 30... up that? Shall I bring up that data too? <laughs> I think we're fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've got that one too. <laughs> if you want to see. We, yeah, we, we looked at it and we're like, something is wrong. Let's, let's, let's actually start doing this thing where we look at our process and find out why it's taking us so long to get things done. And it turned out to, that part of it was um, we weren't right-sizing our tasks. And part of it was we were leaving tasks very in interdependent. We were leaving our stories very interdependent, which but, which was what you guys were just po pointing at. A requirement, if it has 10 tasks, and if you're tracking at the task level, you're really not going to deliver anything till all of those are done. So, too much dependency. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I remember the the... The huge improvement that you saw was a combination of two things. It was number one, that consulting group leaving. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we lost we lost five people. And, and then it, <laughs> we it was faster. And then and then yeah, that, that was that was interesting. Pratik like lost well, half your team at the time. Almost half the team, yeah. And went, we got went faster. <laughs> almost twice as fast. But then the, the other interesting thing for Pratik is he um, he played the get Kanban game with a, a certain <laughs> other manager. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, don't you think that was probably your best learning experience? I it, think it when, was, when... it literally was. I mean, totally tanked the game. <laughs> <laughs> they made, you made the worst decisions ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally tanked the game. And then I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing in, in real life right now. Uh, I'm going to go fix it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Do we want to, do you want to share bad Dan stories now? Is this the part of the, the talk? Or, or are there are there other Kanban things we can say, or I don't know. Well, I just I think um, the whole conversation around um, lag time or slack time and flow. I do remember also when we were running those standups and we had you know thirty to 50, 60 people all standing around. It didn't matter what was being said or done. We never disagreed with each other. We just got through, and it was amazing. We did them in 15 minutes. They, it, I've never seen anything as efficient. Um, it's kind of mind boggling. But one of us would say something that the other one didn't agree with. And we'd go back to the office, close the door and literally start yelling at each other until we came out with an agreement. And sometimes we'd be mad all day long, but we were always agreed by the end of the day. And typically I 
took whatever you said. But mm, I don't know about I don't know about that because Greg, Greg, Greg always had the because he was talking to product. He was talking to CIO. He under he. And this is the thing I think I, I we, Preetik and I we talk about all the time. The CIO and product the product side of the house have so much information about risk that the development team itself doesn't have. So I can sit here and I can get on my soapbox and I can talk about best development practices, blah, blah, blah. But if I don't understand risk, which is I think where you are coming from, you know, trying to manage project risk, then I could be making the absolute world's worst decisions. Now you you, you can't see Greg, he hasn't stood up and we, we, we made a rule that Greg was not gonna stand up <laughs> during, this, <laughs> during this video. But, but Greg is like, I don't know, he's, what, what are you? What are you, six foot eight, six foot nine, 250, 260 pounds or something like that? So close, um, I'm four foot three, uh, 98. <laughs> so, so when Greg says, Dan, I need to talk to you. <laughs> of course, by the end of the day, we're going to agree. <laughs> he'd, he'd randomly push me into walls or push me into oncoming traffic or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever it was. That was fun. Yeah, <laughs> walking down the hallway, a door would come up. I'd just shove him, and he'd walk right into the door. <laughs> <laughs> that was that's that that's how we came to agreement. By the way, um, very 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 agile. Yeah, that actually, but that that was a good point, Dan. I think you, you typically won when it came down to the dev team and dev process. But um, I did have a, a pretty good voice when it came to how this all fit into the overall vision and strategy of what we we're trying to accomplish. Um, or what we had to report because I think there was there was also a lot of conversation about what's really important um that you know quit quit worrying about that that nobody cares except the people signing our checks so. <laughs> well and what, what, what do they need to know right what, yeah. I don't know Pratik can you pile on to that or or not oh um I, I mean I would just say whenever Dan and I had disagreements we'd just settle them over FIFA and Scotch so or bets. I don't remember, know. remember we had the bets. We would just make. We would literally make bets. We would. Yeah. We would like <laughs> coffee bets. Well, and and dollar. Didn't we have? Remember we had the bet tracker and <laughs> bet tracker on. We had what? What's that? That's about what. Just how about just stuff. random stuff? Stupid. Yes. Right about what? Yeah. And if I remember correctly, I think I finished what seven and zero, nine and zero, or something like that. I I don't I, I don't. We should have a picture of that. Let's call Adam. Yeah, we should have he a knows. picture of that because he because knows. I don't I don't think your just like your math, <laughs> I think your memory is also pretty faulty. That's that's true. Whenever I have whenever I have a math problem, I call critique. <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. Hey, um, if you've got a bag of red beads and blue beads, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I don't know. I, I think you know. Think, thinking back to that, I. I think we had defined every work item as no more than two days. Mm. You're, 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 you're close. You're close. It was, we defined it no more than five days, but where you, what you're talking about is we, we talked about it after two days. It's like, if it's not done by two days, yeah. um, then something's wrong and we want to talk about it. That's, yeah. Yeah. So thinking about that, 50 people all gathered around the board with two-day deliverables and still able to talk about it in 15 minutes. Um, it, it was really something. That was, I, I, sorry, go ahead. That, no, that was just unique. I've never been part of anything that efficient. I, I want to give that attribution to Darren Davis. That was, I think that, that was his brainchild was how to, how to run those, 
how to leverage the board and focus on things like aging, which you're talking about, to um, to make sure that we're just talking about the right things during the uh, during the standup. Because yeah, because you're right. If we were to go around and get status on every single thing on the board or get status from every single person, we'd still be in that meeting, you know. Because then, I mean, we didn't even, there wasn't even the, hey, we need to talk about this outside of this meeting, let's put a pin in it. Everybody just learned, this is the thing we talk about here. And if I need to go collaborate with the analyst or with the tester or whatever, that collaboration just occurred. Yep. Well, that was the beauty of having 60 people in that standup is everybody was there. And so we knew it was like, hey, if, if I needed to go talk to, um, I don't know if I need to talk Kurt offline, right? Kurt's right there. I can say, hey, Kurt, let's just take a couple of minutes right now and, and, and chat about this thing. So, yeah. It's yeah, great. it's almost, it's, 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 uh, it's kind of like using the calendar to your advantage because I've, I've run standups where it's booked for 15 minutes, but because of the way you run it, it's done in two to five minutes. You have those 10 minutes where people just go off and do what they need to do and talk to each other. That, that's one thing I was going to say, Greg, you have to see one of Pratik's standups. You have to see it because it is a thing of beauty. He's taken it to the next level. I mean, he's just, he just kicked it up a notch. Two minutes and 18 seconds, right? Two minutes, 18 seconds. <laughs> Seriously, he gets, he gets the standups done in two minutes and 18 seconds and that's it. Doesn't matter the number of people. <laughs> as long as it's two people. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was wickedly impressed when, when when I saw that. You know, I was like, so I don't know. I don't. Know, I guess I, I so guess I'm that's curious, it. Oh, well, go ahead. Pratik, you um, Dan mentioned earlier you were you were using Kanban at the portfolio level, the program level. Yeah, we 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 set up a a Kanban board at the portfolio level, and the idea was for our VP and his directs to get around that at least once a week to go through and see if things were getting overloaded somewhere, oversized, blocked, all the things that a team would see on a daily basis. And our managers would update it. Um, they, it was on the third floor of the building. So that was some of the complaints that the managers had to go up two floors to update it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that we had a physical board where, where the VP and the directors would stand around it to kind of talk about the state of the state state of the entire department what's so going how, on how, how did you tie things together so you know within a if you think about within a program you've got multiple projects and then within projects you've got features user stories or requirements and tasks or you know however you're breaking and delivering the work but at a program level there's that whole relationship to see how the program's advancing as well as all the pieces within it so what what, what did that relationship look like? And how, so, how did you manage that? So it's actually, I was going to say two things, but it's the same thing. We never got to that maturity. Okay. By the time, by, by the time that we were ready to get to that maturity, we had a bunch of shifts in, 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 in the org and kind of the, the board itself went, went by the wayside. But the idea was to literally use uh, yarn to kind of, pin it to one side, one because uh, what was on the board was features to kind of pin yeah. it to the features and disconnect them as, as, uh, as dependencies. But we never got to that point. It, the, the, the board died before that could happen. I, I, I like the physical board. Yeah. I, I like the whole process of something tangible to touch. <laughs> it's interesting idea to use yarn to tie things together. It's kind of that 
the whole thing you see on the the uh, FBI movies where they're tracking the history of a past murderer, yes. or um, which is the reality of life. And and the thing is, if there is too much yarn going crisscrossing, that means things have just gone wrong anyway. We need yeah. to simplify things. And um, that and actually the you what you mentioned, the fact that the board was physical was part of its demise because mm. we were becoming increasingly distributed and right. uh, it, was, it was becoming harder and harder for, for our managers to maintain. Yeah, I, I love the ease, well, especially with COVID, the, the idea of a digital board and being able to work remotely and everybody still see the same thing is important and valuable. And, but I just like the tactileness of being able to touch a post-it note Feel the feeling of success as you move something forward, that everybody gathered around the thing and feeling the energy of the conversation. Uh, but it is a lot of work. I mean, I have no idea how many hours Dan and I spent factoring and refactoring and correcting and writing new post-it notes and then trying to read what we wrote. <laughs> and then Greg would drop all the post-it notes. Oh, wait, was, was that important? <laughs> But what was it interesting was, about the portfolio board, though, was when we first put it up, because it was physical, certain areas that were overloaded and had way too much work, we used we literally used to uh, use clips to clip all the features together. And that in itself was a sign that something is going wrong in this area, and we need to go fix this. So it, it made it pretty obvious. Well, Greg, I've I've enjoyed this trip down memory lane. You you've you've you reminded me of, of several things that I'd totally forgotten about. You know that I I need to start thinking a little bit more about. Well, good. I, I I've enjoyed it as well. That was a long time ago. Too long. And and it's just amazing to think. Like I said, at the time we were doing it, I didn't realize we were necessarily doing something new, because like you said, there was a mix of Scrum, there was a mix of moving from waterfall to agile. We, you know, we had some scrum type reporting and some um, new reporting. And so it just felt like we were just trying to figure out how to deliver the work and organize the work and track the work and know what we were doing and, and do it efficiently. So yeah, really didn't, didn't realize that we were on the precipice of something that was going to become so um, broadly used. Well, and again, kind of a kind of a big shout out to, to Darren Davis and his his team, the sustainability team. I don't know if you remember, Greg. Remember, they the sustainment engineering had been doing this for a while, uh, and then they 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 were like, okay, well, it, it works so well in sustainment. They said, well, let's let's try it with all our project work, and that's when you and I were brought in to say, okay, if, if we want to transition this this flow stuff from sustainment to project, how does that work? And so that's why we were with Darren, quite literally, you know. Uh, building the bicycle, why we, we wrote it, I guess, figuratively right. there. It's figuratively, not literally. But this, um, was, this was about, about 11, 12 years ago, or was it more than that? 15, 14. 14 years. Yeah, 14 years ago. 14 years, yeah. And it's still, uh, and what's amazing for me is still people struggle to see how this thing that works nicely for sustainability can work for project work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the other amazing thing is um, Dan was still bald way back then. <laughs> Sometime later, we'll talk about how Dan does shopping in Seattle. So we got to talk about how Dan does shopping in Seattle. Let's uh, talk about that now. No, let's not talk about that now. We should also talk about how pissed Dan gets when he starts losing in FIFA. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, because you're Mr. Happy Fun Time guy when you're losing. Right? I never threw my controller at the at the TV. I think you did once, not at the yeah, TV, but you threw it down. Yeah, I, I did throw it down. <laughs> Anyway, we don't we don't want to talk about that, or or how we got schooled by people at our own conference. We won't we won't talk about that either. Um, we won. Yeah. So one of the things I want to do, and, and Greg, you got to make sure that you're available for this. I was hoping to do it this year, but it looks like it'll probably be next year. Is you know I want I want to have a you know a, a kind of a kanban get together. It's kind of a getting everybody back together because we've launched prokanban.org. It's this kind of re-energizing of the community you know, and things like that. And so, you know, the people that were there from the beginning, as well as all the new blood that I hope we're, we're getting in, you know, have, have this kind of kind of global gathering, you know, because there, there, there can be only one, right? Um, I actually want to do it in Scotland, or if, if we can. So hopefully, Greg, you'll, you'll be a part of that, and you'll be available, and you can, you can come join us for that. Yeah, just, just put, put a board up online so that I can manage my way through it. Buy a ticket, <laughs> hotel room, pack bag. <laughs> Not necessarily in that order, though. <laughs> as long as they all get done. Yeah. Okay, so with that, there's Nisha there in the background. Nisha, thanks for, uh, for sticking. She woke up in the middle. She, she, at some she point, did, she, did, she moved. Um, we have the, the Yogi Bear of Agile, of course, Pratik Singh. Greg, can't say thank you enough for, for taking the time out to join us. I hope you stay warm in, in Kansas City there. I know it's probably not too much fun to be there in, in KC right now. It's always um, fun to be in Kansas City. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We, we, can, we can agree to disagree. Um, no, KC is a wonderful place. Um, wonderful people anyway. I guess I should say it's wonderful people. I know about a wonderful place. Uh, so with that, thank you everybody for watching and we will see you in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Bye.